Thank you, Nelvin. Um, good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's great, great, great to be with you this morning. Um, apologies for my wife and family not being with us this morning, but um, up in Emmanuel Baptist in Lisburn, where I fellowship and worship God, um, we have a baptismal service, a bit like yourselves this morning. There are some young people going through the waters of baptism this morning up in Emmanuel. The reason being, in the morning time, usually we would have it at evening, one of the young girls fathers, maybe you could pray for it, maybe we'll even pray for it now, Libby, her father wouldn't be a believer and he would be working tonight and able to make it, but she's excited, he's coming out this morning. So it's great that the Lord is building this church, whether it's in Belfast, whether it's in Lisbon, wherever, God is moving and it's great on a Sunday morning to come and to worship and to praise his name. We're going to be looking this morning in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, but let's pray, let's pray again. Father... We thank you that we worship a resurrected King. We thank you, Father, that you are alive and interested in us. Father, you're so much interested in us that you sent your beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into a world that was sinful and in a world that was rejecting of your precious gift. But we thank you, Father, that you're gracious and merciful and that you are a good father and you wish the best for us and Lord you have given us the best that salvation can be found in no one other than through the name of the Lord Jesus Christ so father we have so much to worship we have so much to thank you for in a world of uncertainty in a world of sinking sand in a world of storms and strife and heartache and pain that you, Lord, are interested in us, that you care about us, that you have sent a plan of redemption to save the world from their sins. And Father, would you speak with us tonight? Would you lock us in in your presence for this short time? And would your words speak to us? And Lord, I pray so much, Father, that you would give us ears to hear, but Lord, you would help us to be doers also. Father, we just don't want to hear your word today. We want to do what it says. It's so easy to walk through the doors. It's so easy to listen. But Father, it's harder to walk out that door and deliver lives for you. But we thank you that you enable us with your strength, the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Father, that we can take you into this week with great assurance, knowing that you have promised never to leave us nor forsake us. So help us, Lord, we pray this morning. Be with us, Father, as you are, and continue, Father, to speak and minister to us. In Jesus' lovely name. Amen. Amen. Um, as I say, we're going to be looking at um, Matthew chapter 7, but I want to try and get it in. This is probably one of the, one of the best-known portions of scripture and one of the best sermons probably ever preached by the Lord Jesus. If you have your Bible with you, if you flick back to chapter 5, this here is probably, you've probably heard this, it's known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's chapter 5, chapter 6 and chapter 7 and Jesus starts this sermon in Matthew chapter 5 verse 1 and he concludes it in this here last wee parable in a sense, Matthew chapter 7 verses 24 the 27. But you see, if you have time this week, can I encourage you to read chapters 5, 6 and 7? If you want to know how to live your life as a Christian, and boy, you're going to need the Lord to do that. Because you see, when you read 
what's in chapter 5, 6 and 7. What a challenge the Lord gives to us. And how we as Christians should live our lives. So if you have time this week, do a wee bit of a time. Don't do it all. Use it maybe even as your quiet time. Work your way through chapter 5, 6 and 7. But we're going to come to the end of Jesus' sermon in chapter 7 here. And when I first got saved, I used to, when I first come across, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home as a lot of you know. I never went to church. And when I first come along and heard this wee passage of scripture, I couldn't get out of my head the three pigs. I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. You know we three piggies? That wee nursery story? I could never get that out of my head when I looked at this. But as hopefully we'll see this morning, there's a lot more packed into it that the Lord's trying to say to us. So let's read together. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice... It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against this house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. Um, I don't know when you look at that, but the first thing strikes me, we obviously have a wise and we obviously have a foolish builder. But the first thing that strikes me is the similarities. There is similarities in the wise builder's way that he built the house and the foolish. Well, naturally, the first similarity obviously is they were two men. Without stating the obvious, they were two men. You know, but they were two men who were creatively made in the image of God. You see, way back in Genesis, at the very beginning, all mankind was created by a creative God in his image. And obviously, as we all know, I'm not going to run through it. There was the fall. Adam and Eve were created in God's image, like God. And we still have attributes and likeness to God, even now. For example, we have ears. We can hear. God hears all things. We have eyes. We can see. Our eyes are limited in what we can see, but God can see everything right into our hearts, what we're even thinking right now. So God creatively made man at the beginning and then Adam and Eve disobeyed and there was the fall and sin came into the world. And as we all know, and I'm not going to through it, the Bible tells us in Romans 3.23, all of sin, everybody has sinned and sin separates us from God. We come short. So that's one similarity. They were both men. The other similarity probably you could say in the wise and foolish builder in these verses is their, capa- is their capabilities. I think it would be fair enough to say that one wasn't a fully qualified architect or an engineer and maybe the other was a wee bit like me who can't do anything with his hands who from a great age depended on his brother to fix a puncture on his bike because I was useless with anything practical or anything like that so I think it would be fair to say that they had similar capabilities they both built houses They had similar materials. The wise and foolish man had similar materials. The Bible, 
there's nothing in the Bible here, I think, in these verses to suggest that one had better material than the other. I think the material would have been sourced in the general area that the two people build these houses. I think it's fair enough to presume that, that it was the same standard of material used in both houses being built. I think it would be fair enough possibly even to say that the two houses look similar. I would say that possibly the same enough plans, the same enough style, they when finished had probably similar looking appearance from the outside. And I think it would be fair enough to say that these two builders built these houses in similar areas. One wasn't built away down in Dublin and the other wasn't built away down in Belfast. I think it would be similar enough to say that they were built in similar areas. As the verse is sure, and as we have read, it's fair enough to say that they experienced the similar elements. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. It was the same rain, it was the same wind, it was the same elements, it was the same water that rose. Both the wise and foolish builders were engaged in precisely the same tasks, and to a considerable extent, achieved the same design. Both undertook at the beginning of this passage that Jesus shares with us to build a house. And both finished their task, as we're told in Scripture, of building a house. So, you might think, why? Why such a totally different outcome? We've looked at their similarities. So why such a totally different outcome? You see, in this parable, Jesus shares at the end of his teaching in Matthew chapter 7, you could draw the conclusion that the wise and foolish builders looked very similar from the outside. But again, ourselves, I try to apply that to ourselves. We look really similar from the outside. We all have two eyes, we all have two ears, we all have hair, we all have skin. But really, our foundations of our lives usually are out of view and hidden, even though we all look the same. Even though we all look the same, we don't really know what's going on inside with each of us. Would not be fair to say I can look out here and I can see faces. Okay, they're different colours of hair. Some have hair, some don't. (laughs) Some are wearing glasses, some aren't. But we are quite similar in what we look like. You see, what we value, our treasure, or what is first in our lives, or what has our total affections, who controls us, are all hidden from my eyes. What you're building your life on, what's precious to you, I can't see that. It's a wee bit like a wonderful analogy that you hear people talk about of the lovely swarm that so majestically and so graciously just glides across the top of the water. It looks so effortlessly because on the top it's this beautiful, white, majestic looking animal gliding easily across the water but underneath you can't see what's going on with its feet 
and our lives are a wee bit like that. From the outward appearance in these houses, they were similar. But there was something that was going on that made each builder different from the outcome. You see, the Bible says, the Lord does not look or see the things man looks at. Because man only sees the outward appearance. But the Lord knows and sees your heart and my heart. The wise and foolish builders' houses may have had an outward appearance of looking the same, but below the surface, the wise builder, as God, as Jesus shares with us in these verses, he built on a firm foundation. As we read in Matthew 7, verse 24, there are the wise builder. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The wise builder's foundation was built on the rock. And it's not just a foundation built upon a rock, but it's a foundation built upon the rock, Jesus Christ. It's solid, it's secure. It's unshakable and it's unmovable. Qualities that are alien to this world today. Things aren't solid. Things aren't secure. Things aren't unmovable in this changing world. But if you put Christ first in your life, you're on a firm foundation. A solid foundation. An unshakable and an unmovable foundation. You see, the wise builder had an anchor as the old... BB song goes the wise builder had an anchor that keeps the soul steadfast and sure while the billows rolled it was fastened to the rock which cannot move grounded firm and deep in the saviour's love you see in a rapidly changing and insecure world what foundation Jesus is saying are you building your life on am I building my life on Jesus, you see, in Scripture says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So Jesus warns us that the foundations of our lives will be shaken at some time or another in our lives in these verses. He compares them here to a storm, rain, flood, and wind. You see, if you're a Christian, if you have come to a point in your life where You've put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you're carrying your life on trusting in his word. That doesn't make you exempt from hard times in life. In fact, sometimes quite the opposite because we live in a hostile world that despise God's truth and God's teachings. So these verses tell us as the wise builder who was a Christian here that we're not exposed from that. Remember the same rain, the same winds, the both. Verse 25 says, The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Jesus warns all Christians here that the foundation of your lives will at times be shaken. That's normal if you're experiencing hard times as a Christian. Don't be panicking. That's normal. That's, that's normal. That will happen. 
you're not alien, you're not different, you're not doing anything wrong, hopefully. <laughs> That's normal. That's normal. See, we live in a broken and a fallen world. I don't need to tell you that. Where pain and suffering is around us. A world that is no time for God or his ways. A world that is hostile to the teaching of scripture. If you're living by faith and are trusting in Jesus as a Christian, whatever trials you're going through, whatever storms you're experiencing at this time in your life, Jesus wants to remind you of the wise builder and his teaching here in verse 25. The rain did come down and the streams rose and the winds did blow and the storms did blow against and beat against that house. But what was the outcome we're told Jesus tells us here? Yet it did not fall. Because it had its foundation on the rock. We're reminded of that lovely hymn on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Is it not better that we test the foundation of our life now rather than give it no thought at all? I want to read that again because that's quite important what I think Jesus is trying to say here. Is it not better for us now to put some thought into our foundation of what we're building our life now rather than give it no thought at all? I do the doors with a team of guys on a Wednesday night in the spring and it would shock you how many doors you knock and talk to people and they give eternity no thought whatsoever. They're making no preparations for life after death. They're making no preparations or giving it any thought. And half the times I find it's not even that they're hostile towards God. They're just so caught up in life here, living for today. They give no thought of eternity. So is it not better that this morning in Schenkel Christian Fellowship, September 2018, that we test and examine ourselves before God and the foundations that we're building our lives on rather than give it no thought at all and walk out that door. You see, the foolish builder left God out of all his plans. We looked at the similar plans of the wise and foolish builder, but one of the big mistakes he made, he left God out of all his plans. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. What are we told? Yet it fell with a great crash. Its foundation was Christless. If you flick back in your Bible, if you have your Bible there, the chapter 6, verse 19 to 21. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount reminds us, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, And where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moth and rust do not steal. And where thieves do not break in and steal. You see, I think Jesus is reminding us so clearly here. Don't live and build for today. Make preparations, make wise preparations for eternity. Seek the Lord, the Bible reminds us, while he may be found. And call upon his name while he's near. 
See, the Bible would go on to say, today is the day of salvation. If you've never come to that point in your life where you've realized that your sins are separating you from a loving God who loves you, and you need washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus, today is the time of salvation. Make that step by faith of putting your trust in him and acknowledging that you're sinful and asking and seeking for his forgiveness, and he will forgive it reminds me this passage too of a story I heard recently there. I just read it actually last week. It was a man who because he worked out of doors, he often took his dog with him to work. And this morning he left his faithful dog at a clearing in the woods in a forest, I presume it was, where he worked. And he gave his dog a command, stay and look after his lunch while he went into the forest to work. His faithful friend understood his instructions because that's exactly what he did. But when a fire started, the story goes on to say, in the woods, and soon the blaze spread to where the dog had been left. But he didn't move. He stayed right where he was in perfect obedience to his master's word. You see, look with me in your Bibles, if you have your Bible with you, to what Jesus teaches us in verse 24 and 26. Therefore, if you don't have your Bible with you, you can read it there. Verses 24 and 26. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, listen to this bit, and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house in the rock. And then go down to verse 26. But everyone who hears, again the same. But everyone who hears. The wise man heard. The foolish man heard. Do you see that? But everyone who hears these words of mine. And does not. There's an action there. And does not put them into practice. Is like a foolish man. Who built his house on sand. I really believe the Bible and Jesus is teaching us such an important lesson here. And it's one that has eternal consequences. It's not just good to hear the words of God. But more importantly, we need to do what God's word says. You know, it's really important here for me to point out, as I'm sure you've saw in this passage... That both the wise and the foolish builders heard the same message. The difference being that one builder, the wise, heard and responded in faith, becoming a doer of God's word. Do you see that in 24? Therefore, everyone who hears these words, he hears of mine and then a doer, and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The wise builder placed his trust in the Lord. He heard the Lord, but he placed his trust in the Lord. While the foolish builder placed his confidence in himself. You see, we cannot just say that we are Christians. Or we cannot be part of a church or to read the Bible on a Sunday. And not do what God's word says Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
Because Jesus says in his word, if you love me, you will obey my teachings. The kind of lifestyle will not stand up against the problems we encounter either in this life. We need to be doers of God's word and not just hearers, as James says. In James 1.22, the Bible says, be doers of the word of God and not just hearers, only deceiving yourselves. As we finish this morning, I want to quickly turn back to the point and uh, open up something that I have missed all the time reading these scriptures. If we turn back to Matthew chapter 5, at the very beginning of this sermon, where the wise and foolish builder is at the end of this sermon, but just as we finish, just let me point out this one wee thing that God pointed out to me these last few weeks when I was mulling over his word here. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 2, we read, Now, when he saw the crowds being Jesus, he went up on a mountainside. Gets the name of the Sermon on the Mount. He went up on the mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him. And he began to teach them. And as I encourage you to do, which you will all do this week, you will then read Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, of what Jesus taught his disciples. Oh, not in your heads, yes. Yes, okay, brilliant. But listen, he went up on the mountainside when he saw the crowds. He had been ministering all day, I would have presumed. And Jesus would have did this quite quite regularly. He would have took the disciples to the side, and he would have trained them, and he would have teached them, and he would have shared deeper the things that he had been sharing with the crowds. Who was there? This sounds like a real obvious question. Who was there listening and hearing to the teachers, to the teaching of Jesus? Don't answer that yet. Who was there rubbing shoulders with Jesus, seeing his miracles, listening, watching as he dealt with people for three and a half years? Who was there? Who was there? What does the Bible tell us? Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and he sat down. His disciples. It's not fair enough to say. His disciples. Who was one of Jesus' disciples? Who betrayed Jesus? Judas. Isn't it fair to presume that Judas was there? The Bible says now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. For three and a half years, Judas saw and heard the teachings of Jesus. Yet Judas gave no thought about his soul. Yet Judas made no preparations for eternity. What did Judas do? He betrayed him. He wasn't a true believer. He wasn't a Christian, Judas. But yet, he had heard. He had heard. He had heard. He had seen. He had seen. He had witnessed. He had rubbed shoulders with Jesus. I think that's frightening. That there is the potential to come to church every Sunday and to hear, but yet not be a doer of God's word. Flick with me then to Matthew chapter 7 as we finish going into the Sermon on the Mount of what Jesus was teaching. 
And Jesus says here in Matthew 7, verses 19 to 21, and also 26 to 27, but 19 to 21, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them, Christians. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And just flick over in your Bible, my Bible, or maybe you're at it, it's verses 26 to 27. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the storms rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. I can't plead enough with you, folk, this morning. Please, please give God's word on what Jesus is saying here for the foundations of your life that you're laying. Great attention this morning. Jesus says in John's Gospel, If you love me, you will obey what I command. It's not good enough just to be hearers of God's word. God wants us to be doers. Let's pray. Father, we truly thank you that you're honest with us in your word, that you don't leave us helpless in this word. That, Father, I pray that you would help us to be doers of your word and not just hearers. Father, we thank you that you were such a doer, Lord God, that you saw mankind's sinfulness, you saw mankind's problem that they had, and you had such a wonderful rescue plan that you sent your own son, the Lord Jesus, into this world to pay that ultimate price of our sins because you knew that mankind was separated from you. And because you love us so much, you give us your best. Father, it's not enough even just to know that. You want us each and individually and personally to come to you and to experience you personally, Lord God, by accepting your plan of salvation and of forgiveness of sins in a personal way you want us to acknowledge that before you and we thank you Father that you love us we thank you Father that your foundation is the best foundation that we can put in place in our lives because it is unshakable, unmovable and it is truth so Father I pray that somebody here this morning Father we'd we come to you, Lord God, with a heart of openness to you and accept this plan of salvation for their lives and start playing and putting in place that wonderful foundation that you've provided for us in salvation through Jesus Christ alone. There's no other way we can get to heaven. Jesus says, I am the way. 
the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you for being with us this morning. Be with us the rest of this week and may we just take what we have heard this morning into this week with us, Lord, with the assurance that you are with us and help us, Lord God, to be doers, not just hearers of your word throughout this week. In Jesus' name, amen.